Hello, and welcome to MonarchCast. I'm Claire. And I'm Allie. And we are back with our sporadic special series on royal scandals. Uh, We hope everyone at home is continuing to stay safe and healthy, and we hope your spirits are up, and hopefully this episode will help with that. Yeah, I'm not sure it will, but... (laughs) If you're interested in royal financial scandals, then maybe. <laughs> hey, everybody loves gossip, right? Yeah. That's the, that's the whole point. It's like none of this is uh, actually this. I was just gonna say none of this is that serious. Although I think this actually what we're kind of about was legally kind of serious, serious um, yeah. for some people involved. I mean, not so much. Like it's funny. So we're talking today about the Spanish royal family who have had some drama in the past few years. Um, It's mostly about former King Juan Carlos, but he and his children have had their share of, uh, their share of drama in the last few years. And and actually it's funny, his like, his kids are the culprit of most of it and he suffered. (laughs) So. And none of this has anything to do with Easter shenanigans. No, we are not talking about the potential scuffle between Letizia and Sophia. But if you if you did listen to our episode where we talked about that in the gossip section, this will give you a little taste of what we're about to encounter. Yeah, this family definitely is good at bringing the drama, much like the Monegasque family. So um, maybe something's going on in Southern Europe. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's the sunshine. It you must know? be. There's just too much of it. Um, I would kill for some sunshine right now. Just... Yeah, we we weirdly had rain today that I wasn't expecting, and I was like out in it, and it's uh, not not really how you want to kind of spend your precious outside time. Um, okay, but before we get into the Spanish drama, do you have any current gossip that you want to fill us in on? I think we've done quite a bit of catching up in the last few episodes, but there might be a little more. Yes. So um, as you might expect. The gossip has slowed somewhat um, because no one is leaving their palaces. So I'm not going to recap all of the Zoom meetings and all of that. Yawn. Um, I don't think that that's very interesting. But one thing that was great, I thought that was um, so cute, was so Archie had a birthday. And I'm not going to say he's not Prince Archie, obviously. Um, That would be Master Archie, Mountbatten-Windsor. Um, son of Harry and Meghan, turned one. And I thought this was really cute. They did a video where Meghan had Archie on her lap and she was reading a book to him. And he just looks like your typical one-year-old toddler. He was sort of like trying to pick another book, dropping it on the floor. Um, Really, really cute. And the um, video was on Instagram and it was to benefit... Uh, feed the children I think something like that yeah or I I believe it was one of those um, children's um, charities where you know no child hungry and all of that so uh, really good cause really cute video um, as is typical caused some stir on Twitter with Oh um, I don't, we don't, let's not, I mean, yeah, we won't, you know what, we won't uh, get into that. It, let's just talk about the fact that it was a really cute video. I don't know how anybody could say that the baby was inappropriately dressed because he is one years old 
And um, and it's hot. It's been really it hot, hot in Southern California. <laughs> yeah, so super cute. Um, and then, of course, you get all the stories like apparently the queen Zoomed with Archie for his birthday. Who knows if that's true? I, I have a hard time picturing the queen on Zoom. But... She must. I mean, otherwise, how is she having meetings with people? Yeah. Super cute. It was super cute. Um, and then other than that, there hasn't really been much going on. Um, so that's that's our gossip. Yeah, and I think there won't be. So the queen announced that she'll be suspending formal engagements until the fall. I think that's unsurprising and prudent. Yeah, so I think we'll be limited to our gossip stories, at least regards to the royal family. I'm sure there will continue to be all manner of coverage in the various tabloids, but the less the said about those stories, maybe the better. So that's where we're at currently. So the the gossip I want to talk about today is, it's a little more modern in that we're talking for the biggest scandal, probably around 2012, 2014 range. Um, so not actually that long ago, um, but I am going to take the opportunity to also cover the life and reign of King Juan Carlos of Spain a little bit because we haven't talked that much actually about the Spanish royal family. As you mentioned, we did do a little bit of gossip here and there. We covered Ferdinand and Isabella, but obviously we're talking hundreds of years after the fact of Ferdinand and Isabella now. So I wanted to kind of set the stage a little bit as well because I... You know, the more I was reading about this, I really think this family has a really interesting history and their path to the throne was, I think, a sign, like a, not a sign, but it was definitely a product of like very modern times and upheavals that were happening at the beginning of the last century. So I thought it might be interesting to cover in that lens, um, as well as bring up the fact that, yeah, this family had a pretty big financial scandal go down. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, and they're still they're still going through it. So let's 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 get into it. King Juan Carlos is the main character in our story today, but his kids will also be featured, and they're members of the current ruling family of Spain. Um, you know, we did previously mention some family gossip around whether Queen Letizia and her mother-in-law maybe don't get along. But I think Juan Carlos is the more interesting gossip magnet. I mean, he certainly had a very interesting life and honestly maybe not made as many headlines as he could have uh, considering because he's he was born in exile he maybe killed his brother um he was groomed for the throne as the successor to a fascist dictator and he had to abdicate most likely due to his kids financial shenanigans so he was quite literally brought down by bad pr uh, I mean, doesn't this sound like someone you really want to know about? <laughs> well, I'm curious about the fact that, like, he took the fall for his kids and he's not involved at all. Right. But so, wasn't – so you? I'm sure you will tell us. But Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I believe the queen may have been involved. Um, Not the queen. Uh, his daughter, actually. Um, oh, but, okay. yeah, it's like he actually – he did – well, he – it did come to light later that he did have some per perhaps financial improprieties of his own, but the scandal that led to his abdication was actually just more a crisis of just bad press. But we'll we'll get there. That that'll come towards the end of his story because he has a pretty long I mean, maybe not long by modern standards, but 
from some of by some of our standards he's got a pretty long time period that we're talking about so let's jump in um so his early life and his ascension to the throne were while not typical of most royals not super i guess dramatic not really i'm so he was born in 1938 in rome italy uh during the exile of the spanish royal family after the Second Spanish Republic was formed in 1931. So yes, there was some drama that went down before his birth, but when he was born seven years later, things have kind of settled. The family's in exile. Spain is being ruled by a fascist dictatorship. So the question of monarchy is just kind of up in the air, not really a a major part of his life at the time of his birth. Um, He was baptized and I include this because I love his name, Juan Carlos Alfonso Victor Maria de Bourbon y Bourbon dos Sicilias. Well, that's succinct and easy to pronounce. Right. So the Bourbon part is the family name of the Spanish ruling house, and dos Sicilias comes from the throne of his maternal side of the family. So his mother was an Italian princess. That's also why the royal family fled to Italy after their um, ousting as they had familial ties with Italian royals. His grandfather was King Alfonso XIII, who had been removed from the throne. Um, And then in 1939, after the Spanish Civil War, which happened after the Spanish Republic was formed, this happened several years later, um, General Francisco Franco came to power. I think you may have heard of him. Um, and he he came from the conservative, monarchist, winning side of the Spanish conflict. So the Spanish Civil War was between those who wanted a more progressive, um, socialist, maybe even communist um, approach to government, and those who wanted a more conservative, monarchist-leaning, but more dictatorship, fascist kind of... Um, side and they were they were propped up by um, Hitler and Mussolini if you want to know um, where they fall in the historical perspective. So Franco comes to power um, and the family did have ongoing political dealings with him because like I said his side of the conflict was pro-monarchy um, and Franco himself became a sort of king of Spain. He allowed Juan Carlos to move to Spain from Italy in 1948 to continue his education. This is something that his father had pushed for and had worked out with Franco the terms at which Juan Carlos would be allowed to come back to Spain. And at the end of his education, he actually joined the Spanish army in 1954. While he was away at military school or completing his military training. Um, He actually came home for the Easter holidays in in 1956. And at that time, his younger brother Alfonso died from a gunshot wound to the head. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was really unclear what had happened because they were the only two in the room at the time. But it was alleged that he had been either cleaning or playing with a revolver and accidentally shot his brother. Um, Um, That sounds like they were playing Russian roulette. I don't know how this happened. Was I shouldn't never speculate on that. Really but. revealed. I think um, some people said that Alfonso surprised him and he accidentally fired the pistol. Um, some stories say that he f- pointed the pistol and fired, thinking it was empty. I think the ultimate lesson is don't play with guns. Oh my gosh, that's awful. Yeah. 
pretty tragic. You know, I haven't read too much though about like whether that really affected him. I mean, I'm sure it did, but kind of gets put by the wayside as he, you know, continues on his career. Um, in 1962, he married Princess Sophia of Greece and Denmark. Um, she was the daughter of King Paul of Greece, who was um, himself a first cousin to Prince Philip. Current right, we talked about consort that. to Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Philip was from sort of a cadet branch of that family, um, and her father, King Paul, actually did rule until um, the fall of the Greek monarchy in the 60s. General Franco himself in Spain held on to power into the 1960s, uh, well into the 1960s, but as his health faded and then left-wing protests in Spain increased, he had to begin to consider a successor. You know, he was ruling as a dictator, but a dictator who had replaced a monarchy, so there wasn't really an apparent successor that was you know, automatically going to, you know, fall in behind him. And he leaned toward the monarchy, but he thought that Juan, who was Alfonso XIII's son, um, was too liberal. So he passed him over in favor of his son, Juan Carlos. And since Juan Carlos had been living in Spain and, you know, um, completing his education in the Spanish military, it could have been, you know, it seems like a natural fit. Like he's, I don't want to use the word indoctrinated, but he's a trustworthy follow-up to Franco, right? He's a member of the Spanish monarchy, which gives him some legitimacy, and he's been steeped in this Franciscan regime for quite a while. So in 1969, he was dubbed heir apparent, which was then ratified by the Spanish parliament that same year. Franco lived another six years, though, until 1975, during which time Juan Carlos frequently acted as head of state and publicly supported Franco's regime. And after Franco's death, he was proclaimed King Juan Carlos of Spain on November 22, 1975. So maybe not the most traditional route to the throne, and I, I actually found it really fascinating that Spain overthrows its monarchy replaces it with a dictatorship, a military dictatorship, which is then followed again by the monarchy. I know. It's almost like the dictator realized he didn't have anybody he was willing to pass his, you know, office onto. So he thought, eh, I might as well go back to monarchy. Yeah, and it's not clear to me if Franco really intended him to reintroduce full monarchy to Spain or or even democratic government or if he thought he would just follow in his footsteps as a dictator. And a lot of the right-wing um, arm of the government felt that Juan Carlos wasn't a trustworthy person to carry on Franco's regime. And, and as you'll see, he didn't really do that. Um, so in 1975, he becomes king and his tenure as king is largely smooth sailing. His transition into power is mostly smooth. His father, who had been passed over for the kingship, legitimized his position in 1977 by renouncing his own claim to the throne. Um, and then Juan Carlos pressed for the legalization of the Communist Party of Spain and was also endorsed by the recently legalized Spanish Socialist Workers Party. So remember, I said back in the 30s in the Spanish Civil War, the socialist left-wing progressive side of the government was in opposition to Franco and his regime. 
So this is kind of a healing of that. Um, And then also in 1977, Spain held its first democratic election since Franco's regime, and a new constitution was enacted, which acknowledged Juan Carlos as king. He also gained more respect after he pretty smoothly denounced an attempted military coup in 1981. This made him enormously popular with the people who saw him as, you know, really skillfully handling the situation. This faction tried to claim the support of the king, and he went on air and spoke to the public and denounced them unequivocally. Um, And by 2005, he had public support around 77%. I mean, when you think of modern monarchy, that's pretty amazing. But then, (laughs) the good times couldn't last. Um, You know, Maybe it's inevitable that there, there's a wane in public support. Um, but by 2012, Juan Carlos finds himself in some pretty controversial situations. Now, if you remember back to 2012, the world is in a global recession. Europe is hit especially hard. Spain is hit especially hard. And you would expect the royal family to be a bolster for the people in this time of need and perhaps set an example of austerity and frugality. And Juan Carlos is not interested in doing that. Um, At the time, Spain's unemployment rate was at 23% and almost 50% for younger workers. That's shockingly terrible. And Juan Carlos decides it's the time to take a vacation. And not just any vacation, he goes on a hunting trip to Botswana, Uh, which costs the tidy sum of 44,000 euros, which is about twice the average annual salary in Spain at the time. Not a good look. Um, The trip is paid for by a Syrian businessman, though, and not paid for by the government or the palace. But people were pissed, especially because they only found out that he went on this trip when he broke his hip in a hunting accident and had to be flown home for, like, private surgery. He did apologize eventually, but the damage was done. Um, You know, people are furious that he had the gall to do this while, you know, the young people can't find work and the economy is just struggling so much that he goes on this type of vacation and allows a wealthy businessman to underwrite it. And then also around the same time in 2012, his daughter Christina and her husband are involved in this embezzlement scandal. I'm not really clear. I didn't look too much into the terms of this. It sounds like her husband got up to some financial endeavors that were really no good, and she gets swept up in this as well because there were some inappropriate charges to a a business or foundation that they ran together. She is ultimately charged with tax fraud and money laundering, although the money laundering charges were later dropped. After the hunting trip drama and the embezzlement news, rumors started to spread that the king would abdicate because the press is furious with him, the people are furious, it's just his approval ratings are in the toilet and everybody thinks, you know what, maybe we need a fresh start. Um, The palace denies the rumors though, but then he did in fact abdicate in June of that year um, and in 2014. And he said it was a decision, though, that he had been contemplating since his 76th birthday earlier that year um, because he claimed that he didn't want his son to be like Prince Charles, just waiting around to become king, which, I mean, way to throw your own personal PR nightmare into a sick burn on the Brits. (laughs) (laughs) 
but you know, I mean, he was 76 years old and he kind of had a point, you know, he, he wasn't in bad health. And so his son could have just been waiting for decades to become king. Um, and instead Philippe becomes king on June 19th, 2014. Um, and I, an interesting side note actually to this is that Juan Carlos is the fourth European monarch to abdicate in the span of a year. Um, if you include the Pope in that. So, in 2013, the heads of the Vatican, the Netherlands, and Belgium all stepped down from their thrones. Just an interesting micro-trend that was happening at the time. Yeah, and, and Queen Elizabeth was like, nope. Yeah, no, I'm I good. mean, she she won't do it. So um, I think her counterparts on the continent had different ideas about retirement. And the Spanish people saw this abdication as a positive thing. You know, Juan Carlos, the last few years had just been really one scandal after another. I think they just thought time for a new leaf, time for a new generation to step up and lead. And, you know, I think Philippe and his wife were really popular. So by the way, I have no idea if it's Philippe or Felipe. I'm just calling him Philippe. I'm really not sure. Um, Felipe. Felipe. Okay. Um, but they're really popular. You know, they're a very photogenic couple. They've got young children. It's a good fresh start for the monarchy. However, family drama continues despite this fresh new leaf that gets turned over. So uh, Christina's troubles are continuing. In June 2015, her brother, who is now the king, officially deprives her of her dukedom, and her trial began in January 2016. Uh, She denied knowledge of her husband's activities, and she was ultimately acquitted while her husband was sentenced to about six years in prison. So he definitely took the fall for whatever was going on there. Um, Interestingly, so she volunteered to have her dukedom rescinded, um, but that did not remove her from the line of succession. Hmm. So she's technically still in line for the crown, although she's the younger daughter, so pretty unlikely that's going to happen. And she'd Um, have to go through... Quite a few people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then in 2018, Juan Carlos, despite his retirement, made still more headlines um, when recordings of an alleged mistress were made public where she claimed he had secret commercial contracts in Gulf states, he had secret Swiss bank accounts and property purchases that he had made under her name because of her residency in Monaco, so she wasn't required to disclose this information. And so in light of all of these allegations that came out um, in June 2019, he retired fully from public duties. So he had abdicated his crown, but he was still acting as, you know, a royal ambassador of sorts, um, and he retired fully from public life in 2019. In 2020, though, investigations continued into these allegations, and in March of this year, um, Swiss inquiries into the matter and an alleged hundred million dollar donation by the king of Saudi Arabia to a foundation benefiting Juan Carlos were made public. And so King Felipe at the time was discovered to be the second beneficiary to this foundation that had received the Saudi donation. So to basically just sever all ties from any future scandal that is let's admit at this point, probably likely to crop up again, Um, the royal household announced that the king would renounce any inheritance from his father, and Juan Carlos also lost his public stipend. So he is no longer being supported by public funding, he's fully retired from public duties, and 
King Felipe, his son, has taken steps to try to financially distance himself from any heat that's going to come down in future. So their troubles are not over. And it's, it's so funny to me because, I mean, Juan Carlos is not innocent here. I mean, I think these allegations made by his alleged mistress, um, by the way, she denies being his mistress, but he's had a string of mistresses through his marriage, so she could be. All of these are actions of his own, right? But what's funny to me is like his kids kind of keep tripping him up. <laughs> so that's interesting. So their marriage, was it like an arranged marriage? I don't think it was arranged, but I don't think it's been a loving marriage. Um, there were also rumors swirling around um, 2012 when all the bad press started. Also that, um, you know, he and the queen are basically living separately and she can't stand to be around him. So interesting. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But, th- you know, that's that's more family gossip. I didn't really feel tied in as much with this. Um, I, I wanted to focus, I think, this time on the family's legal scandals that have come up. And there's definitely some questionable ties to Saudi Arabia. And, you know, he's definitely got some Middle Eastern ties, as we saw with whoever was funding his trip to Botswana and, you know, some commercial interests. And all of this is really interesting given, you know, the world geopolitical landscape, the role of royalty. And and Spain is very similar to England where, you know, the royal family is head of state by name, but they're not politically involved in government. And so I think him allying himself financially with other world governments would be really inappropriate. Hmm. So it's a very quick spin through the modern Spanish royal family. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I've always been curious about that scandal. Yeah, and it was funny because I was trying to read like, okay, so what did he do? And then it's like, wait, but this is all about his daughter. Like, did he give her the money? Like, what's going on? And I think it's just that, you know, the press around the family got bad enough that, you know, he he looked around and he's like, I am 76 years old. Let's let's just call it a day. I'm done. Plus, when you think about his history... Yeah. Of he may he may have this like feeling that you know I came to the throne, I, I never felt secure. On my throne, maybe or you know maybe he thought you know I guided this country peacefully transition from dictatorship to democracy, I I've done my part for over a century or a quarter century and it's time to let the new era lead. Mm. Very interesting. I mean, that was like what we talked about when we talked about um, that, you know, manhandling of the granddaughters at the Easter service, you know, where there's a lot of simmering resentment in that family. And I think a lot of it has to do with the abdication and all of that. So it's kind of interesting to get some of the backstory. Yeah, and it's not the first time there's been some intergenerational conflict. You know, I don't think his father was particularly excited to be passed over for a crown that he might have rightfully thought was his. But, you know, they made peace for the good of the country. And uh, I don't know if Juan ever actually moved back to Spain. He might have spent the rest of his time in Italy. So, yeah, I think this family has a history of fathers sacrificing for their sons. 
Yeah. So that's the the Bourbony Bourbons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about them again. I mean, this like I said, this this scandal is not over. There's still ongoing investigations. We might have some updates in future. Um and you know, we we haven't really talked about um, more modern rulers, so maybe we will. Yeah. Um, so in the meantime, let us know if you have something juicy to cover. We did get a couple recommendations on Instagram for topics, so thank you for people who are sending those in. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to do next. I think we're trying to keep these a little bit short and sweet. Maybe we'll see if we can find something historical and really juicy for next time to just kind of mix things up. Well, I got a little excited because I was, you know, kind of Googling historical royal scandals. And um, there are some interesting characters in the the British royal family that have been written about. Apparently, at one time, Queen Victoria had a very racy portrait commissioned for her husband, and that was a scandal. But then I, I looked at it, and I was like, yeah, there's nothing here. This is like the most boring picture ever. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in Victorian times, a portrait of the queen with her hair down. Oh, that was for Albert's eyes only. <laughs> <laughs> Scandalous. It was the boudoir portrait. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So maybe we'll find something along those lines as well. All right. Yeah. But until then, everybody stay safe. Continue to wash your hands. Continue to enjoy our little gossip tidbits. And yes, as Claire said, please let us know if you have any ideas. All right. Until then. Until then. Monarchast is produced by me, Allie, and me, Claire, and our logo is by Ryan Cooney. If you like our episodes and want to give us a shout out, please rate or review us on iTunes or Google Play or whatever your preferred method of podcast listening is. We really appreciate it. <laughs>